Well, good morning. Glad you're here. If it's your first time, welcome. I'm Adam, the pastor here, the drummer as well. And I noticed this morning when I was drumming, I do this all the time, but I just noticed today in particular that I can see my reflection. I can't see you guys at all because of the reflection on the glass. But I noticed my face, and the whole time I'm doing this, you know, as I'm looking, and I promise I'm not mad. It's just my concentration face, and I'm looking for hand signals and where we're going and what we're doing. Anyway, thank you, worship team. You guys always do great, and glad to have you here leading us in worship. Uh, so I had a message prepared today, and actually I just left all my notes in there uh, on purpose. Uh, when I got here this morning, the Lord was talking to me about something and totally changed directions, and so we're going to go with that this morning, uh, which is something that's not uncommon for us, that there's times where we, we come in here, uh, even on worship sets, and we're like, hey, no, we're going to keep going with worship. We feel like the Holy Spirit's doing something. We're going to follow that lead. So today I'm going to do that. Um, we've been talking about, uh, we started last week talking about love and um, that kind of thing and how we interact with each other. And um, I feel like uh, what the Lord is wanting us to do is go deeper as individual people when it comes to love. And I ain't talking about like the mushy stuff like, you know, chocolates and roses that die. They don't even, roses don't even smell good. You know, why waste money? Get the fake stuff. It looks pretty. They just don't smell good. Okay. If you think you do, you're lying. Okay. They don't smell good. But I want to talk about something deeper this morning than that. If you have your Bibles, you can open them up. We're going to be on the, the Matthew uh, scripture, uh, Ronnie, if you'll throw that up there. It says, but when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those who are on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When do we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I will tell you the truth that when you did this, did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. And the king will turn to those on the left and say, away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth. When you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers, brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. Now, that's a pretty stout scripture. And I'm thinking about love. We're having this internal dialogue within our lead team about what it looks like to invest in people and to love on people. 
And I think this scripture can even go deep within the marriage relationship as well. Like, how often do you see your spouse struggling or in need? And do you offer the help they need? When you do that, it's as if though you're doing it for Jesus. And that relationship is healthy. And it just shows how healthy your relationship with Jesus is because you're willing to help those in need, even the ones that are in your house that sleep next to you every night. What about the ones who you really don't know that well? See, the thing about love is that if we have to force someone to do something, to build a relationship or to you know, anything of that nature, it's not real. It's not authentic. And it's something we've been talking about as a team. I think what we need to be focused on individually, and this is what really I think the Lord wants to talk about this morning, is what are you doing personally to feed the sick or to feed the hungry, to care for the sick, to reach out to those who are in prison, maybe metaphorically or physically. There's a cool thing that Donna Wells does. I think they're getting back to doing this where they go and have game nights with dads in prison. And they do it in March. They bring their kids and the dads get to have some sort of normal interaction as best they can while they're in prison. Now, some of y'all are like, well, they shouldn't be there to begin with. Well, they're there, and they need love. And some of these guys are making decisions based on addictions or whatever else, and their brains aren't healthy, their hearts aren't healthy, but they're there. And what a cool way to invest in someone who is in a, a, a low place by saying, hey, we want to give you an hour with your children to play checkers or shoots and ladders or uno, whatever, and just hang out. Too often, I think that we get caught up in having to checklist things, especially in the church. Like, did I, did I do this, this, and this, and now I feel like I've accomplished something today as a Christian? I think we have to go beyond the checklist and have a mentality shift that says that I'm not doing this because I'm told to do this, to love on someone, to invest in someone, to invite someone into our home. I'm doing this because I genuinely want to see people changed. I genuinely want to see people come to know Jesus in a real way. And maybe the only way they get a chance to do that is through dinner at my house. Then let's fire up the pit. Let's have some food. But it has to be real. It has to be authentic. When I think about, when I think about discipleship and how we are, are always preaching this idea of discipleship, this is not a class. See, midweek is not discipleship. Going into a small group is not discipleship. Discipleship is the process of coming, becoming like Jesus. It's a transformation process. That's what discipleship is. We have small groups to help facilitate conversations to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus. We have worship services on Sunday to help you grow in that. But the idea is that you're looking more and more like Jesus because of intentional acts that you're taking, intentional acts that we're taking, that we're doing together to grow to be more and more like Jesus. And I think that sometimes we get sidetracked with what discipleship is, what disciple making is. 
what love really is. In the context of my group, I'm doing this or I'm doing that. If we took group away, if we took church away, how do you love people well? If there was no flag football game, how would you build a connection with someone? How would you love someone right where they are? I can tell you, there's a lot of things that fill up my schedule and my time and my family's time. And there are some days where we literally have to schedule time in for people because if not, it gets missed and gets full with something else. And sometimes it's hard for my kids. Sometimes it's hard for my wife, especially my wife. Brittany is a champ because she does so much stuff that allows me to kind of float from one thing to another. But there's some intentionality within our hearts of saying we're not doing this because we're checking something off or because someone's going to see what we do or praise us or anything like that. It's the complete opposite of that. We really want to see people change because we know the life that we have in Jesus, and we want every single person to have that. And I'm telling you right now, there are people sitting next to you that desire to have that kind of relationship that have no idea where to start. They have no idea where to start. In this scripture here, can we put that back up? Uh, Ronnie's gone. There he is. Mike's there. Somebody's there. Uh, For when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. When I was a stranger, you invited me into your home. When I was naked, you gave me clothing. When I was sick, you cared for me. When I was in prison, you visited me. If you want to know a practical way of how to love somebody... Even people in your home, look at this list of things that he just spelled out. One of the simplest things that you can do is say, hey, I'd like to get to know you. Do you want to go out for dinner or go grab some coffee? But it can't be just because you're checking something off to say, well, I feel like I love someone today because I did this. Because see, then our mindset isn't really where it needs to be. A heart isn't really, really where it needs to be. It has to be real and authentic. This is one of the things that Daniel has pointed out in our conversations, which is so well, that, that word is so good, authentic. It has to come from a real place, not a checklist. At home, there's a lot of spouses that live together that operate off checklists. I kissed you before I walked out the door. I said, I love you. Now I'm off for my day. I'll never talk to you until I get home tonight. That's hard. That's hard. The Lord's want authentic disciples to say, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to help people experience the love of God. And maybe it's just opening my home. Maybe it's going out of my way to sacrifice something. That's the thing, too, about, about disciple, being a disciple of Jesus. Sometimes there's a sacrifice. And that's hard because who, deep down, it's like, well, I really don't want to sacrifice. I might say it in church because I know I'm supposed to. But there's days I really don't want to sacrifice because it's hard. That's why it's a sacrifice. Sometimes it's hard to be around people who just stomp on every nerve you got and push every button. And yet Jesus said, hey, they still deserve my love just like you do. And right now I'm sending you into their life to be the one that's showing them what righteousness looks like, what real love looks like, what sacrifice looks like, what Jesus looks like. Authentic. Real love. We had a, a couple years ago, our theme, we had a theme for the year was just, you know, love well. What does it mean to love well? 
is getting outside of yourself and saying that, nah, I'm really not that busy. And really my busyness comes from just stuff that really doesn't have a whole lot of eternal value to my life or my family's life. I just tell everybody, oh, I got a lot going on. No, you don't. Lies. You sit on the throne of lies. Reality is we're just, we're scared sometimes because we know that when we open ourselves up to somebody that we have to give them some things sometimes and, and we're going to receive some things from them and, and sometimes it's going to be difficult at first. Yes. Paul talks about in, in the word where, you know, when you're first born into the spirit that, you know, you're a spiritual infant, right? You, you live off of milk. Well, what do infants need? They need attention. They need care. They need to learn how to walk and talk and eventually feed themselves well how are they going to do that if the disciples of jesus don't show them i mean how how are they going to know what real love looks like if we say well i need you to come to this class on wednesday night and if you if, if that if that's you know you got to do it from there well we wouldn't tell our baby hey look i've got you in the world figure out how to get out of the stroller <laughs> see how goofy that sounds but we treat young Christians that way, young disciples that way. Ridge has now given his life to Jesus and been baptized. There is no junior Holy Spirit. There's no junior Jesus. Look, he's following the same God, God you're following. And he's going to need the same attention and care that anyone would need if they were 40, 50, 60 years old saying yes to Jesus for the first time. What does love look like? It's putting someone above yourself sometimes. And there's a whole sermon I believe on the golden rule where he says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. There is some self-love that has to happen. And I ain't getting all weird about it, saying, you know, that we, you know, some kind of weird relationship where you're better than Jesus or some goofy stuff that people are teaching. What I am saying is that there has to be some sort of value that you see in yourself because God created you. And he said, hey, I have a plan for your life. And so if you don't love yourself, then do you love me? Because I created you. So how can you love your neighbor? How can you go feed people who are hungry if all you care about is feeding yourself? You got one part right. There's a second part. We don't want you to go hungry spiritually. We don't want anybody else to go hungry spiritually either. Feed yourself and help others feed themselves. But it's a process. It's intentionality. It's, it's authenticity. It's saying, hey, look, I'm not doing this because the pastor told me to. I'm doing this because I love Jesus and he told me to. It ain't about Matt. It ain't about Daniel or Chris or anybody else that comes on the stage. Lauren, whoever. It's about Jesus. And he has called us to be on mission with him. And that means sacrifice. That means not going to the movie on a Friday night because somebody's called you and said, hey, I really just need to come over and talk. You better open your home up. I'm assuming that most of y'all don't want to do that. That's okay. Listen, we're going to get you there. Sacrifice. If we want to see the true expression of what love really is, Jesus. And that was a huge sacrifice. And some of y'all are drifting. Some people are just drifting through life. Not some of y'all. I would say other people. Other people out there. Some people out there are just drifting through life, pretending like, well, I got tomorrow. And I got more time. And, you know, I'm a good person. Okay. I've got a good job, a good family, a good person. Nobody cares how good you are. If, it, if it's about you, we're in trouble. Yes. If it's about your goodness, we're in trouble. Yes. 
Because by my goodness, we're in trouble. My God, you know. It's about Jesus. And if you've been coasting through and you've been saying, well, you know, I, I want people to see how, how, how good I've done in this this thing for ministry or you know i gotta see i gotta be you know jason he loves being the spotlight you know what i'm saying he's just so prideful and boastful don't be like jason that's not true i'm just joking that's so not true be like jason follow jason as jason follows christ i'm telling you that right now but if everything's about you and, and your agenda and your goodness and what you've done and what you can bring to the table, you've already missed the mark. Listen, Jesus said to go out into the world and make disciples. And that means sometimes feeding people, caring for sick people, regardless if anybody says thank you or anybody notices or posts it on Facebook for someone to give you a bunch of likes and hearts and say, look how good you are. Nobody cares how good you are because tomorrow you're going to be bad. And then what? We need Jesus. We got to have Jesus. There's too many churches that are playing this, this, this role of being Christian, and they're, they're like great actors. And, and, man, it feels so good until the crisis comes. And then it's like, well, who do I turn to? And because no one has practiced actual sacrificial love for their neighbor, now we're saying, well, sign up on the list, and we'll get you some help if we can. Or, you know, come to this class. Well, I haven't seen you in Bible study in about four weeks, brother. Where have you been? And now you won't help. That kind of stuff is said. I grew up in a church like that. That if you didn't show up, then they weren't going to show up. Well, you know what? Sometimes people don't know what they need, and they just need the Christians to say, hey, look, I'm going to help you, and we're going to have a conversation about where you are and where God wants you. But right now, I know you need this right here. Let's take care of this problem first, and we'll figure out the rest along the journey. Sometimes that's just what it takes. People don't know what they need, and, and, and we have what they need, and it's Jesus. It's hope. It's, it's the, the solution to, to everything because the word says that God is the way maker, right? He's gonna, when there's temptation, there's struggle, he's going to show us the way out of that. And sometimes we need uh, the, the church, the, the, the church that Jesus established to say, hey, I can help you find that. Let me show you what his word says. Let me love you right where you are. I don't need you to change, and I can't change you, but Jesus can. But look, let's just figure this out as we go along the journey. I'm here with you. I'm trying to figure this out, too, with the Lord's help. And he's transforming me, and I know he's going to transform you, too. Change can happen if we get serious about it and we're, we're being real about it. We don't need a bunch of people just checking things off to say, well, I feel good because I've, I've served the Lord today at church. Okay, you took the trash out. Do your neighbors know that you love Jesus? Do people sitting next to you know that you love them? You ain't got to answer. I'm just, this is hypothetical or rhetorical. I want you to think about in your brain, your, your heart. Do people know that you are serious about your relationship with Jesus? Not because the pastor or the small group leader told you to do something or, or study something, but that you were saying, I am pursuing this relationship because I want this to be the most important thing in my life because other things are going to fail. People are going to fail me. My job's going to fail me. My emotions, my feelings are going to fail me sometimes. But you know who's not? Yeah, that's Jesus Christ. Amen. There are people crying out saying, I just, I want to experience that love, that real love. In church, we should be marked by that, by our love for Jesus and each other and those who are far from God.
I'm almost feeling like breaking out in Farner. You know what I'm saying? Jerry, you back me up. Want to know what love is? People are... Dustin says, stop it. Thank you, Dustin, for keeping me on track. I can always count on Dustin to keep me on track. I want to challenge you this morning. Some of y'all will never be back in this building because you're just here visiting. That's great. Wherever you go, whatever you're doing, if you're coming back, going, whatever you're doing, I want you to be challenged with this. Don't play church anymore. I want you to really take your relationship with Jesus serious so that not only is it transforming you, but your household, your kids, your spouse, your workplace, your neighborhood, your local Walmarts, whatever it is, I want you to, to find some time to get serious about where you are with Jesus. And, and if you're off track a little bit, that's okay. He's, he's not going to kick you out of the, the club here. He wants to help you get back where you need to be so that you can, you can go out and be an ambassador for his kingdom, to be a mouthpiece for the kingdom of God, to say, let me show you what love looks like. Sometimes it's feeding bellies. Sometimes it's feeding hearts. But we can't, we can't do checklists any longer. We can't wait for the prompt any longer. Time is running out. And if we don't take it serious... We're going to miss opportunities to do exactly what the scripture is talking about, to feed those, not just physically, but spiritually. He told Peter to do what? Go and feed my sheep. It's a call for everyone who is taking up the mantle to be a disciple of Jesus, to be just like the teacher, that we are feeding the sheep, that we are seeking out those who are lost to let them know that Jesus has come to save them. And only through him do we have eternal life. I'm so proud of Ridge. If there's anyone in this room this morning that needs to make a decision to say, you know what, I don't know Jesus like that, but I want to. We want to pray with you this morning. And if you're feeling froggy, we'll dump you in the water, okay? We got towels, extra shirts. We'll go buy you some pants, whatever you need to do. We'll make it happen for you this morning. But I want you to know Jesus loves you. And he's calling you to love people in a very radical and extreme way that requires sacrifice, that requires you to get out of yourself and say, no, this is more important right now because this person right now needs to feel the presence of God like never before, and God's going to use me to help that, that happen. Will you stand this morning? I want to pray over you. If I made anything muddy this morning, Lord Jesus, I pray that you make it clear for people in their minds and their hearts. Father, I thank you for, for Ridge and his family, Lord, and I pray that he continues to pursue you all the days of his life. Lord, and I thank you, God, that you have called us to live a life of love, of sacrifice, of serving others as we serve you, Father God. We love you so much, Lord. I pray all this today in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So we just wanted to kind of recap some of the announcements and things today. Don't forget, if you're playing the football game today, be there at 2.30 so we can get everything squared away and situated and start by 3. And if you have cake balls, don't forget them because we'll eat them. And then, what's the third thing? We have midweek is going to be at a different facility, and you can get the address in the back. I think it's Miller's 1365 Miller Drive, Weird City. But what? On 408. Yes, 408. Daniel made that clear. So go this week. Jesus said that the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. Be a part of the few this week and do the work.